Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hello, my beautiful friend. What was that? I don't know, but I mean, are you a singer? Because that sounded pretty. No, No, I'm not. I'm toned up. Really? I actually turn up my music really loud in the car. So then I can't hear yourself sing. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. But thanks. It didn't, but I love you. (laughs) Also, I feel like I look really orange today. What's going on? What's the deal with that? No, no, I didn't do anything different for you. Interesting. You don't look orange on my side. You look okay, beautiful as always. Yeah. Oh, um, well, so do you. So oh, do you. Thanks. thanks, friend. It's another lovely, uh, dreary Tuesday morning here mm-hmm. in the States. Same over there? Yeah. It's pretty dreary. Pretty dreary and dark. Yeah. Dark well, by four o'clock. Oh, yeah. I know. This time of year is so hard for me because... It feels like last night it was like six o'clock and I was like, I mean, okay, it's almost time for bed. I'm like, no, it's only six. (laughs) A little ways to go there. Yeah. Well, how are you feeling like this is, I mean, this is going to come out after Thanksgiving, but this, we're recording this the week of Thanksgiving. Are you hosting? What are you doing? Yeah. We haven't even talked about this. Are you, is it just your, your five? It's it's us. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Lily Jet has a Nutcracker show is. It start the the day after Thanksgiving, so Friday. So she had dressed rehearsal yesterday, and and then so we're always here for Thanksgiving, and this year it's just the nice. five of us, and it's oh, gonna be. I love that. We're gonna just yeah, we're actually we're gonna do a little meals on wheels thing with Thursday morning, and then so I've got my kids. I've recruited my kids to help me cook twice. This this will be a different Thanksgiving for them. They're gonna be in the kitchen, sleeves rolled up, cooking twice. Wednesday night. I and love Thursday. it. It's going to be great. I love it. I love it. Love it. And then show and Renee. Oh my gosh. And how many shows does she do? She'll have three this weekend and then three the following weekend. Wow. 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 Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. You have to send me pictures. And yeah. we're off fresh off the bat of your birthday too. I know. It's been a busy, fun time here. Yeah. Was that, was that 41 for you? 42. Uh, so, something like that. No. Keep going. 38. Up. Yeah. 37. No. no. <laughs> 43. I am 43 and not ashamed to admit it because oh. I don't feel what I thought 43 would feel like when yeah. five years ago when I was stuck in the drinking cycle. 43 was something that I would have been uh, dreading, dreading, but I don't anymore. I love that. So let's kick off with, I know we have some reader mail. I, yeah, I'm I love excited it. to mail. go through today. Yeah. Reader I mail. You call it reader <laughs> mail too. Reader so mail, cute. listener mail, listener mail. We always say this, but I mean, it's so true that we love hearing from y'all. We love hearing the good and the bad. Thankfully, it's mostly good, right? But just knowing how what we what we do when we show up and have kind of silly, but also maybe good conversations sometimes too, knowing how that like is directly impacting you, seeing that is so valuable. I can't even 
yeah, I can't even you know say enough how much we appreciate it because um, it gives us that like you know a little motivation to keep going sometimes when not that I mean we love doing this. That's the, that's the thing we love doing it. But so I received this the other day and I just thought it was so good. So I wanted to read it from a listener. I listen to your pod every day, sometimes twice if I feel like I need it. You're doing amazing things, free from alcohol, starting November 3rd. So <laughs> yay, way to go. And she also she also said, I felt like I was carrying a ball and chain around with me for most of my adult life due to this. And I just thought that was a really good way of describing uh, what this what this feels like and how coming to the realization at some point, because I did this where I was like, oh my gosh, my entire adult life has included wine, has included alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, how that plays into thinking about what could be different if alcohol weren't in the picture. It was, it was cool to hear that and to hear her description yeah. of um, what it felt like and just hear the excitement in her. I was like, what's your, what's been the best thing? And there's just too many things to count, to list. There's been so many amazing things. I love that so much. Yeah. And I feel like I've gotten um, quite a bit in my Instagram DMs recently, just like, thank you. I don't feel alone. And like, there is a need for this conversation in the Christian space. And so we're so blessed and fortunate that we're... (laughs) We're attempting to fill it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's such an honor to be able to have these conversations that we love having and just sharing about our journey with this in case it is something that allows someone to feel. I mean, that's where this this whole thing started for us was like, this is what we would have loved to have, you know, back when we started our journey. And so if there's anything that ever lands with you, we love knowing the specifics of what does land with you. And so, yeah, even just the time and the effort it takes for someone to reach out and say, hey, something, you know, offer encouragement is just is so valuable. And so we thank you. And with that, we've been promising that we would get to the questions because we get questions from listeners and we love, love, love these listener questions that inspire topics. So you want to introduce what we're what we're doing today? Yeah, so this is a question from a listener, and it says, Can you please do an episode on dealing with the shame that surrounds looking back at our previous drinking lives? Whether it's a situation you look back on and feel glad for your safety, or just time wasted from being stuck in that cycle. Can you talk about how you've given yourselves grace and compassion moving forward? Question mark. So this is such a good one. And I, I want to start by saying, go back and listen to Professor David's episode on shame, if you haven't. And then follow we'll that link- up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll link that in the show notes, because I don't remember what number it is. But yeah. Yeah. His on shame. And then follow that with Pastor David's from this past week on values, because I yeah. think it very closely relates to this, which we'll kind of dig into here. So. Yeah. Yeah. So in- I think. Go ahead. I, I was going to say in prep for this. In prep for for this, did you find yourself like revisiting all of your regret worthy moments? Because thank you, listener, for asking such a good question that we get to talk about today. And also thank you for allowing me to take a good old trip down memory lane into past regrets. Now I'm ser- I'm serious, it's all good, but but I did kind of list out some of those things that I regretted from my my drinking days. And yeah, thanks for that. 
Thanks for that. <laughs> but why? What was really cool in revisiting that is the fact that I was able to look at those things again and hold them so much. They didn't have the same charge that they had, yeah. you know, in the first iteration, the first round of looking at regrets or thinking about regrets. So there was a pop, a major pop in a proof of progress in the fact that I could think about some of those things that I regretted and not get stuck in that. Like where I, you know, first starting out on this journey, I for sure got wrapped around some of the things that I really regretted that led to, you know, that feeling of shame. And if we don't bring light to those things, it really can be as debilitating as being stuck in the drinking cycle can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think this is such a good question. And I feel like for me, it perfectly kind of explains why my relationship with Jesus completely transformed when I stopped drinking. And that is because there were so many things that I was like full of shame about and that I regretted. You know, many were just within these four walls and had to do with the family. And it was when I got to know who Jesus was, right? And that he was a God of forgiveness and that he was a God of grace. And then it did not matter how many times that I had screwed up, but there was no longer any condemnation in Christ Jesus because I had asked for forgiveness. And so I would say the like the first thing to do is mm-hmm. acknowledge, you know, and I know that the word repenting, we've talked about how that can be like a quote unquote triggering word, but like I did, I asked for forgiveness for all of the things like one by one. And it didn't come out in one prayer, right? It was like over time as I was doing this work during COVID in the beginning. And when I got really clear about who God was, right? And I got really clear also about like who the people of the Bible were, right? Like you said you went and like thought about all your stuff that you were, you know, like past regrets. I went and like looked up all the people in the Bible that screwed up. Yeah. And then like did did amazing things, right? So yes, Saul, persecuted Christians, then wrote half the Bible. <laughs> Moses, David, they were both murderers, right? Mary Magdalene had all these demons cast out of her, and then th- she was given the job of going and telling the gospel. The prodigal son, like all these people screwed up big time. I mean, we're talking murders. We're talking adultery. We're talking about all the things that we think are like the, the sins. And what did God do? He forgave them, and then he made them major players, right? Yeah. And so partnered with them, when, yeah, to do great things. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. And so that's when I was like, that's what helped me with my shame and my regret because I was like, okay, God, I'm trying to turn this all around and I'm going to like make this about you and I'm going to make this thing that I'm holding so much shame and regret about where let's change it into something good. And if you've gone out on the limb to forgive me and like completely wiped all my sins, why am I going to stay there, right, and stay stuck? Why am I going to sit here and ruminate about all the times that I, you know? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love, yeah, preach, girl. Preach. I love it so much. It's, <laughs> it, I think that's one of the, I love that you started the way that you did. Finding freedom from alcohol really allowed this transformation of your relationship with Jesus because that is, you know, one of the the most unexpected gifts for me as well is like without the regret, without bringing light to the things that I regret and the things that I need to ask for forgiveness for without having a time where little by little I have brought them to the Lord, you know, like 
that that's been an opportunity for my relationship to to grow in a in a deeper, more meaningful way, which when I was stuck in the drinking cycle, that was one of the things that really bothered me that I didn't yeah. have that deeper, meaningful connection. So I could know all of the attributes of God. I could know all the attributes of Jesus. I could know these things. But until I had something to, until I started this work and had the courage to bring this stuff and ask for forgiveness, repent, you know, confess and repent all that, the words that maybe are, you know, would have triggered in the past until I did that, I didn't know what it really felt like to, for those things to be true about who God is, who Jesus is. Yeah. And, and that's been, I mean, just so powerful in this and, and has created that opportunity for a reframe around regret and shame to where now I can view it as like the fact that I can hold these things lighter now when I revisit them and look at them, like that is proof of, of me accepting the, the grace that has been given and the forgiveness that has been given to me and feeling that in a way that makes it more real than just when I knew these things about God or knew these things, but wasn't uh, in a, a, a right relationship or a deeper relationship with, had a personal relationship, I'd say, with Jesus. So for me, it's been kind of almost a, a catalyst uh, for this mm-hmm. relationship that I can't live without. So yeah, I think it's of that all the time that like if I hadn't gone through this major stuckage, <laughs> this major, major like battle with alcohol, like I would have not never gotten to the point where I had all those regrets. I would have never gotten to the point where I was just on my knees being like, okay, help. And what do I do? And how do I get out of this? And how do I turn it all around? And how do I save, you know, my relationship with Chris and all of the things I would have never gotten there without that journey, you know? And so I think stepping into a place of, and this is, again, this is, and this is not a right away thing, right? This takes time, but like, I'm so grateful for what all of it was. Mm -hmm. Because I ended up in the exact same spot, like the exact spot that I'm meant to be in. And the same is true, like we were talking about with Pastor David, like all the pruning, right? And then all the all the trials that we go through and all the refinement and all of this that we go through that's hard. It might not be dr- like stuck in the drinking cycle, but it might be tough things. But it's all to build us into the women that God's called us to be. I was listening to this lady who has a... I don't remember her name, but another gal recommended this Isaiah. I'll send it to you. Isaiah Bible study. And I was watching the video and she was like, she literally was showing how in Isaiah, it talks about God's the potter and we're the clay. Right. And like that process, that process of like making a pot, it's hard, right? It's hard. And it like, it takes a lot of strength to move the clay into the pot. And then you have to like refine it and you have to like burn it. (laughs) You have to like put it in the oven and all that. I don't know anything about pottery, but you know, it's, it's, it's a painful process for the pot, but it's, but we're like getting to the place that we're supposed to be. And I think of like the drinking days as like, we were literally being molded. We were literally being molded into the, into the woman that God called us to be. And we're still being molded now. Like we're not by any means like perfect, you know, like we're still working at this at this life thing. Uh, yeah, forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was reading a book the other day, Isaiah 48, 10. I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. 
And so this, you know, the suffering can be the things that we, you know, that happen to us and the suffering can be, you know, the ways in which we cope, you know, maladaptively cope with our suffering of things that have been done to us, maybe like through drinking, attempting to cope with those things. We can create our own suffering, if you will, the things that lead to regret and shame. And so, yeah, that really stood out to me. I was like, yes, that's exactly such a great way of describing the journey. And without all of that, I mean, that's why I can, I, I, you hear me say this all the time. Like I am so grateful for this because I mean, I would, I would do it 10 times over if I had to like getting stuck in the drinking cycle and all of that. I would do it 10 times over if I had to, to end up here being more closely who God created me to be and in relationship with him and in, in such a deep, meaningful way that I, I didn't have access to before. But I also would have been super, I have to be honest, I would have been super annoyed at the conversation that says like, well, bring it to the Lord. That would have been like, yeah. well, okay. But like, what does that mean? Bring it to the Lord. I mean, like, so like from a practical you know, standpoint, standpoint, like, what does it mean to allow uh, ourselves to look at regret? And so they can inform us, you know, regret can inform us so that then we can be transformed by bringing it to the Lord. Like, what does that look like in a practical sense? Yeah. Yeah. I also think one of the things that helped me really move past shame and regret, and I know I've said this a hundred times, but I think it has really helped me personally, is that like I really honestly did do the best with the tools that I had at the time. I did not have the tools. And I think I talked about this when we talked about Greece, you know, that is also how I was able to forgive my mom for for Mm -hmm. all of her her stuff is knowing that she didn't have the tools. She didn't have these tools that we're talking about. And that coupled with the fact that we live in a world where we're literally conditioned to rely and enjoy and lean into alcohol, no matter what the situation is. Of course, it's our responsibility. Our drinking is always our choice and our responsibility, but it's not necessarily our fault that we have been like, yeah, not spoon fed. Like, I don't know, but like, something really dramatic on the opposite of that like everywhere we look everywhere we look it's drink 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 now that we're like five minutes away from christmas you just literally see the alcohol everywhere like whoever thought that you could have an alcohol free christmas i didn't like how could i be stuck in shame when i didn't know any better i literally didn't know any better i really thought alcohol was helping me I really thought alcohol was connecting me. I really thought alcohol was making me have fun and therefore getting me out of my grief. I really believe that, you know? That's why we get so excited about being able to have these conversations and just be able to question those norms because we don't have to do it that way anymore. I mean, in fact, I I think it's the day before Thanksgiving is the highest rates of boozing in the entire year. So tomorrow, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, the amount of alcohol consumed on that day is greater than any other day in the States anyway. And I think about how I would have been gearing up for like, okay, this is my, this is going to be my break. This is my time off. And my, you know, now I have this excuse to, as long as we're cooking, as long as we're hanging out, as long as we're not working, like that is an excuse to 
to enjoy the wine and uh, throw away some of the rules around it. And I'm just, I'm so glad that I don't ever have to do that again because it totally has changed me looking forward to this in a way that like, I know that I'm, I can look forward to what comes after it as well versus in the past where I was looking forward to that, but also simultaneously, you know, dreading it because of the payout of that, then it wouldn't have felt like a break. It wouldn't have felt like a vacation or, you know, a holiday. There would have been some drop there. The stress that comes along with it would have been there on the yeah. back end, if not directly as part of it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that we get to be able to we woke up to this and we saw how we've been influenced. Like you were saying, like spoon fed or gun to head. I mean, like there was no way of avoiding in a sense that conditioning that we've received. But the good news is once we're aware of it, we can take that control back. So using it to our advantage uh, instead of allowing it to kind of dictate how we show up, which by the way, like I was thinking too, when we, when I was stuck in like the drinking cycle, I just, even if I was questioning these things, like at some point, I mean, you just get, I, I just got duller and duller when we talked about like values the other day too. It's like, I just wasn't even questioning things anymore. You get stuck yeah. in that cycle and that, that ability yeah. to even look at that stuff just becomes less and less. So no, it's a good one though. It's, it's such a good one. And I think it's important noting because I know that we've talked about it, but the fact that when we are in shame and we are in regret, like we are stuck in the part of our brain that we do not like to be in and we want to get out of at all costs, right? Like we're in we're lo our lower brain, we're in fright, flight or fight or flight or breathe. And that is not a place where you can make good decisions from. And it's not a place where you can grow from, you know? And so stepping out of shame, stepping out of regret, stepping into God's forgiveness viewing yourself like God views you, that is so huge because that is when you get to start making true and lasting and transformational change when you're operating from a place that's not based in shame. Totally. Yeah. It's such a good point. You know, I the lower brain, I call it the toddler brain, like when we're stuck in that place, like that's our opportunity to regret things that we regret decisions we've made, the shame that we felt like that's all uncomfortable. We talk about this ad nauseum here too. It's like paying attention to where we're feeling that discomfort. So I love the listener brought this question as like, what can we do about this? Obviously, there's maybe places where it's uncomfortable, you know, thinking about past regrets. So what do we do? We, we get curious about that. We pay attention like that discomfort is there, you know, as a clue that there's something that needs attention. And so allowing that discomfort to kind of inform us that there's something here that we can then bring, bring to the Lord, bring light to. And by doing that, that allows us to get back to that upper brain space, the smart lady brain space that then puts us in that place to be able to choose. It's, it's that turn to curiosity that helps so much. And like all those nights that I put my kids to bed, like really fuzzy, maybe what, I, what we would have called a brownout not a blackout, but definitely were things, maybe some details were fuzzy the next day or, you know, the time that I was hungover at the children's council meeting at my church. Like that was a, that was the day that I called my, my girlfriend and was like, I, yeah, I, this is, this has got to, like, this isn't working for me anymore. The sneaking by the babysitter late night, like, you know, not wanting the babysitter to see you after you've come home, after having too oh, much yeah. to drink. The mm -hmm. piece I would have like, normally have never sat or talked about that when I was drinking wine that for sure was, I mean, even just 
not just inappropriate things, but just like, you know, the gossip, the, the unwholesome yeah. talk and the cattiness. So like, this is my uh, little list of regrets. There's so many, so many more, but those are the things that came to mind. And I think about that if maybe those things were uncomfortable, I was paying it. I wasn't paying attention to those things at the time. Now I can see where those are informing me of how I'm showing up in a way that is not aligned with what I value. And so taking responsibility, yes. And then also being able to say, okay, like that now is something I can look at and go, how does that conflict with something that I value? And how can I do something differently now moving forward? Like celebrate your awareness of the past regrets and the shame, because that means you are bringing them to light, which means you do have an opportunity to allow them to be transformed by the, the, the power and the comfort of Jesus. And so just bringing that awareness to it is such a big, big, huge first step. But when we do like the rest is the good, the good part. Yeah. I love that so much because I feel like I obviously had the same experience, experience of the fuzzy, like putting the kids to bed or like sneaking past the babysitter, all of that stuff. Definitely lots of like gossip and stuff and got stuck in like, oh, mm-hmm. um, but but I think when we're talking about becoming aware and we're talking about celebrating becoming aware, right? Like now I also am grateful for the fact that like putting the kids to bed and like let's be honest i go to bed before them these days yeah. <laughs> but but having quality time having mm-hmm. quality time like this this thanksgiving i ella has to go back to school ella, ella is at boarding school and she they're giving her the afternoon off for thanksgiving but they want her back for 8:15 registration on the friday so i'm getting up at 6 in the morning to drive her back to school do you think in the wildest of no. in my wildest of dreams, I would have ever been like, yeah, of course. And not only, not only will, am I going to do it, but I'm excited because it means an yeah. hour and a half of just the two of us. Mm-hmm. If I can get her phone out of her hand, listening, <laughs> listening to, to Taylor Swift and just being together. And that sounds mm-hmm. amazing. And that I wasn't aware that that was something that was important to me. I think that it was, it Mm -hmm. fell in the category of like, should be important to me, should have been important to me, wasn't important to me. Now, not only is it important to me, but like, it's just such a massive win. So I think becoming aware of this stuff and what is like what we value and how we want to align ourselves with those values, like, that's the win in all of this. Like, I mean, there's so many Mm -hmm. wins, but like, that is such. I basically just repeated what you said. Yep. Did it in or fewer words. And obviously, because you know how I do. And with a really beautiful example of what that could look like. That's the that's the idea of what it looks like to transform it, right? Is is how we can then look forward to those opportunities. The things that we didn't know we were missing while we were stuck in the yeah. drinking cycle. And we couldn't have even imagined as being something that was possible or wonderful. That's the thing I, yeah. I think about. I'm like, it's like so many things that I didn't know that I was missing out on, but I'm so grateful for the fact that I did at some point for a long time, I tried to avoid it. I mean, I really did try to avoid the discomfort that I felt in all of these places that pointed to how alcohol, like 
it was it was definitely getting in the way of of how God wanted me to you know be showing up in my life and who He created me to be. And and if I hadn't eventually, I did pay attention to that discomfort and get curious about it, which led me to okay, like bringing it to the Lord. Like we're saying, like bring it, bring that stuff to the Lord. I'm stuck in the drinking cycle and. I don't know what to do and I don't have answers. And by the way, like receiving that, hey, you don't, you don't have to, I've got you. Like you don't have to have this all figured out. I've got you. Okay. Allowing that to be, there's such a relief in that. And, and then it allows for us to then experience these things that we couldn't even have the imagination for as being amazing, like getting up early and having that time with our kids uh, in a million different ways. I think that's so cool. Yeah, one of the points of our leader, leader, oh my gosh, reader slash listener um, comment was looking back and feeling glad for your safety. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I definitely have like a few of those. Uh, I uh-huh. I remember, yeah, I remember one of them was we were in Spain with a bunch of uh, friends and we like you know th- thought it was a good idea like no one was driving but we thought it was a good idea to like pile like six kids they were little in a taxi with like no seatbelts you know and we're just like oh it's every- yeah like we're in europe it's fine <laughs> yeah so stupid and i do remember and i think that this is definitely a a testament to what alcohol does and how it screws your nervous system like no other is there was a good year, maybe longer, when when I when I would get into bed, there would be a sense of relief for safety. And again, like I, yeah, it, it was it wasn't like there was a gajillion of those of those times, but there were a handful. And Same. and feeling safe, feeling safe, like okay, the kids are home, nothing bad's mm-hmm. gonna happen. Like those were like headline banner thoughts. And I was, I was just thinking to myself, what have I actually done to my brain and my nervous system that just getting into bed without drinking feels safe? You know, like mm-hmm. I wasn't like running around, getting arrested. I wasn't, I, I wasn't any of those crazy, crazy, crazy stories right. never happened to me, but little things, little things that like were not safe sure. and not good calls. And, but it just shows you, right? Like, oh my gosh. I've, I was literally operating from this place of, I don't know, you, I feel like you'll have a really good word for it. Like panic. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I call it that survival. 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 Yeah. Survival. Yeah. Survival. And, and that leads me to like what, like what I want to do in response is like, praise God, like praise yeah. God for those times that we were safe, you know, d- safe. How- yeah, how things could have been so different. I have a handful of those things too, for sure. And it's crazy to think that that's how I lived. And it's not that I felt like it was normal, but it's just when you're when you're stuck in that way, like it is just your normal. There's, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 now being able to look at that and go, okay, that is another opportunity too for me to just say, like, thank you, God, for getting me through those times and bringing me all the way to this side to where so I, I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's huge. Yeah. So what about like, cause I keep coming back to this too, not just like bringing it to the Lord, but like bringing like from a practical sense, like what, what else can we do? Like praying to see yourself through 
the Lord's eyes. So like if you're stuck in that place of like the regret or shame, looking back on those nights where things could have been so different, even how do we offer ourselves that compassion that helps us get through it? You know, praying for the Lord to give us his eyes to look at ourselves, to see things differently, praying for that new vision, which allows us like on a neuroplastic level, like that's what's so crazy when we bring these regrets and shames to light and don't allow them to kind of keep us stuck and fester in the dark, where by the way, people has a chance of, you know, making it 10 times worse. We can change our neural pathways around these memories, which is why we can then look back on them like I did recently in thinking about this episode and 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 hold them more lightly. Like because I, I have different neural pathways now around these memories, things that in the past would have made me felt, you know, really stuck. So that is what's so cool too about being able to bring these things into the light. Like we are literally carving out new pathways of being so that we 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 can find the uh, you know the opportunity to rejoice in the Lord and how He's protected us and brought us to where we are and how He's transformed transformed us and allowed us to have these opportunities now that we didn't otherwise have when we were stuck. And I think about too how invaluable it's been for me in my journey to have those people that I can bring those things to. So like when I. Mm-hmm. When I was stuck and it was the the day that I was hung over for the children's council meeting at church on a Monday morning and I had probably, I mean, it was probably a bottle of wine the night before, like kind of accidentally had the bottle, right? Like I, that wasn't my plan. And I called my girlfriend, Jen, and I told her bringing it to light in that, in that way and sharing it with a trusted somebody, it's a really kind of practical way, if you will, of allowing ourselves to create a new wiring around this thing and not uh, not allowing it to kind of keep us stuck. And so finding that trusted friend that maybe you can share if there is one like particular big regret that you have, maybe bringing it uh, to that trusted friend and being like, hey, you know, this is just something that has been weighing on me. I would love to share it with you. The power of being able to share it with a trusted, an empathetic listener, someone who can look at us without judgment, someone who can offer that loving kindness and, and receive that for us. I mean, that there's so much power. That's what we do with our clients. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the things that that I get to receive from clients and hold for them, my gosh, it's such an honor to be able to hold that for them and allow them to then create this new new way forward with that. My my pastor has been so helpful for me personally. I had to find a professional for my professional level regrets and shame. And so even, you know, I would say from a practical stance for for the girls out there finding you know maybe talking to your pastor or a a coach a good friend someone that is going to help us also allow you know to feel that that empathy that loving kindness the way that jesus is you know if he was here with us right now the way he does but uh, that experience through a through a human yeah and if you don't because the minute you said that i thought to myself i didn't have a gen I did not have a gen at all whatsoever. And so if you don't have Mm -hmm. a gen in your life, message one of us. Like, it doesn't mean you have to sign a coaching contract. Yeah, we will. I I will. I will voice note with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah, if you and and if we will help you find find a person to talk to, we we will because that's what we're here for. But but don't go to the person. Don't go to the girlfriend that's going to be, that's going to tell you, because this is what would have happened to me. 
oh my gosh, it's totally fine. I had a bottle last night too, or that's totally yeah. normal. I did that last week. And and reinforce that conditioning and reinforce that messaging that it is okay. So yes. you might have to go outside of your normal circle. And that can be really, really scary. But that is why we are here showing up for you gals, talking to we're blue in the face about this stuff, because like we don't want you to feel alone. Because like I felt so alone mm-hmm. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had a person to call, you know? Yeah. So true. That's, that's exactly right. And that, and that's the power, that's the power of being able to not allow it uh, for it to be transformed in us and, and not keep, not keep us stuck because I know people who have been stuck in that regret and shame. I mean, we can get even comfortable. We can even to an extent like being stuck in our regret mm-hmm. and shame. Or like, just like overthinking, just like, uh, you know, all the other things. But like, what is the cost of continuing to beat ourselves up for those things that we did? There's a great cost to that. And uh, yeah, I mean, the cost being that you don't get to spend that time with your daughter at 6 a.m. the day after Thanksgiving. Like, there's a cost that takes us in a way that almost being stuck in the drinking cycle does as well. Yeah, I love that. Should we do Tina? Yeah. We shall. What you think? I'm just going to go back to what I started with. If you're feeling stuck in shame and regret or feelings of, you know, like safety, anything, just open up your, open up your Bible and start reading mm-hmm. about how God dealt with people that went, quote unquote, wayward <laughs> and how he redeemed them and what he did with them. Because that was the the, the ticket for me where I was just like, okay. You know, like if he can, if he can save and redeem and give massive purposes to all these other people, then like I'm no different because I'm a daughter of Christ as well. So that's my, that's my massive, big, fat Tina. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I, I, I call it my garden time when I go and do my, you know, my, my silence, my stillness, my solitude with the Lord. It's not in the garden. It's in my, it's in my bedroom, a special place in my bedroom, but with my tea and my frankincense and my Bible and my journal. And I mean, sometimes it involves journaling. Sometimes it's it's just, it's not. But having that is a great first place to start. I also think, because I was just looking at this, like I looked over and I was like, duh, this was in my early, early days. This was something for for those of you who are listening and can't see, but um, my early, early days, getting a picture of little mead and having that on my, having that where I could see it on my desk, that was something that was like a great first way of being able to kind of offer, offer myself that little bit of grace, that little bit of compassion. So maybe that's a, a nice practical start too, depending on where you are in your journey. But get a, get a picture of little you, put it on your desk. Oh, Christy's got her stick. Oh, she's so <laughs> We didn't rehearse oh. with you guys. I love her. I love her little and big. Oh, yeah, that's such a. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to post this somewhere too. I don't know where. <laughs> this, yeah, is, this is me. Will. I'm like, let's let's show the people. I don't know how to do that, but you can tell me how, and <laughs> we will. <gasps> oh, this is a good one. I love reader questions. Why do I keep calling yes. them readers? I don't know, but I I love it. It's like reader, uh, like <laughs> dear mail. What's that old like? newspaper dear abby or whatever that's what always comes to mind when you say the reader mail like we got a letter in the mail from a reader speaking of mail 
I love this whole freedom from Christmas cards thing. <laughs> Girl, welcome. Welcome. Okay, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Welcome thank to you. the club. It's a game changer. Yeah. yeah. What, prompt, what prompted yeah. that this year? Like what? Tell me. Yeah. So in case you guys don't follow me on my Instagram, I uh, announced this year that I'm what I'm taking off my plate this holiday season, one of them being um, Christmas cards. Because I used to, I used to literally send 250 cards mm-hmm. and yeah. over half went to the U.S. So that's a dollar, by the way, or sorry, a pound, like 30 or something per card. Yeah. So massive expense spared. Like two dollars a card. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. But also, like, I sat down and I was, and I was, I just like, you know what? First of all, I just really don't have the time. But also, Nobody wants to do it in this family. Nobody appreciates it but me. Nobody wants to to do the the car, the actual photos. Nobody yeah. wants to help me send them. So, yep. and you know what? Like, what do we do with the cards that we get? Sorry to shock everybody, but they end up in the bin anyways, right? They end up, you display them maybe, and then they're I was going to say, I do display them for, I do love receiving them. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love receiving them and I put them, I have, I display them, but like then in January they go, right? Yeah. And so anyways, yes, yeah. I have stepped into your world. I'm very happy to be here. And yeah, so congratulations. We're so glad to have you in the freedom from the Christmas card hustle uh, world because yeah, that was, I was like, wait a minute, why am I doing this and what, and how am I showing up when I'm doing this? Like, you know, getting the job, we're doing the, doing the photos, picking the outfits, and everybody's miserable and it's this whole thing. And then, and then all of that work to, to get mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And I, it's one of those things where I say like, I don't, ha- just like we do with drinking, I don't have to say forever, but every year I get that opportunity to go, do I want to send cards this year? Nope. And I haven't since 20, 2020 was with, when I found freedom from the Christmas Free- card grind. <laughs> and the money saved and the headache yeah and all of that so but if you are someone who used to receive a card from me and you don't anymore you were not cut from my list i literally don't send them to anybody so now you know (laughs) same for christy you were not cut from the list and we still love you you are not cut from the list freedom from alcohol freedom from christmas cards (laughs) freedom like so much let's just keep the yeah keep the list going I love it. I love, love it. that journey for you. Oh, thanks, babe. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Great my beautiful friend. friend. We will see you next Monday. I started singing and I ended singing and nobody should hear that. <laughs> I love it. Do it again. No. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm Not Sober, I'm Free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Bye.